Meanwhile, here's Gramatica. Romo holds. 19-yard field goal attempt. Oh, it is fumbled by Romo. And then Romo's going to run to the end zone. And he's going to get tackled by Jordan Babineau. Amazing. Uh, welcome again. Well, probably the first time for most of y'all to the Pretty Good Podcast brought to you by CrabbyCurious.com. And today, I have my man's Benno with me. Tell him what's up, Ben. What's up? It's your boy, Benno. Thanks yeah. for having me on. So we uh, have recorded a previous episode with Rob and I, but it'll probably never make the light of day. It's more like a pilot test run where we reviewed the movie Booksmart, which is great, but how much can two 30-some-year-old men relate to a coming-of-age movie about two high school girls? You know, would have been you nice never if we could that, 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 that could be the content that this country really needs uh, these divisive (laughs) times to bring us together. (laughs) It could be. So maybe one day if we hit it big and famous, we'll release that as a special to our day ones. If we have any deep cut for sure, deep cut. So today we are going to talk about devastating losses in sports, just kind of apropos right now around here. It's college baseball playoff season. Duavell mm-hmm. is great at losing in her traumatic fashion every single season. It seems like other things you might think about or Cubs, you know, they have the Steve Bartman thing. I'm sure is a certain, uh, a source of pain still to this day. Or um, RIP recently to Bill Buckner. Red Sox fans probably couldn't put that down to 2004. Yep, only in death did he escape the ire of Red Sox fans. So. <laughs> But you won't hear anything about Cubs or Red Sox from me because mm-hmm. I can really hear. Actually, I cheer against both of them because I'm pretty much a professional hater, as I'm sure you'll start to hear the more you listen to this uh, podcast, especially on sports topics. I just I can vouch for that. <laughs> I hate everyone and every team except my own. I love them, which is probably why losing hurts so much. And Ben's the same way. This man puts 100% into everything his job, his movies, sports, whatever. It goes full throttle. You know me, I'm just an intense, intense guy who loves my sports teams, <laughs> runs deep. Yeah. Got a, like a Man City shirt on right now, your day fours. My day, yeah, yeah, four, four is about right. Yeah, day fours. So before we get started, I just want to give a disclaimer that we didn't share our list with each other prior to the podcast. So given that we're both big U of L fans, there might be some crossover. What I did myself to you know, keep it kind of fresh was I limited myself to one devastating loss per each of my teams. Mm. So if I didn't do that, there might be like five complete UofL basketball losses on there or five Tony Romo Dallas Cowboy losses because I tell you what, they were all devastating and it's made worse that everyone either likes or hates the Cowboys. So. Well, you are absolutely dumping on my list already because I'm going to, spoiler alert, it is U of L basketball heavy. But I think each of them has uh, a different flavor of uh, devastation to them. So it shouldn't be, shouldn't be too bad. Station for it. So before we get started, were there any honorable mentions you want to get out of the way that you just had to cut? Yeah, I'll, uh, you know, I was going through, you, you said you're a Cowboys fan, you know, you've been an Arsenal fan for a while. I was going through the major sports leagues and I, you know, had a tough time picking uh, teams or losses that 
had meant a great deal to me. Uh, aside from one, uh, so there were no hockey losses, no NFL losses, no baseball. Um, but I would like to throw out an honorable mention to the Amari Stoudemire Sons <laughs> of May 2007. Uh, Steve Nash gets checked into the bench. He and Boris Diaw <laughs> leave the bench doing those big air quotes. Uh, and they're suspended for game uh, five and six, I believe. And uh, the Suns went on to lose that series, as they always did to the Spurs. So yeah, um, They would have beat baby LeBron in the finals, I'm almost certain. For sure. Um, and denying some of the greatest uh, you know, NBA players to never win a title, Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, uh, a chance of winning their title. So uh, I would say that that one uh, was probably the biggest uh, NBA loss that uh, occurred to me, but not uh, not good enough to crack the top five. Okay. Yeah, I had a plethora of just outside the top five. I'm sure I'll probably reference some as it pertains to whatever team I'm talking about, which one's missed. A big one for me, personal, is 2000 t- 2006 Kentucky Boys High School Championship Sweet 16 quarterfinals. Shelby uh, County we High all School. remember that one. You, yeah. yep. <laughs> Shelby County High School with A.J. Slaughter, who now somehow is a member of the Polish national basketball team. I guess it's easy to get citizenship there. Uh, we lost to J-Town, the Chargers. The quarterfinals, they went on to win. It's just abysmal. Like we had a guy named Jeremy who was lethal from the corner three, went over that game, or our point guard fouled out. It was just uh, devastating mm. because I'd, I'd planned on missing school that whole week because it was legal and excused if we went to the Sweet 16 game. But oh, nope. man. And then another one is uh, 2014. was at Saints in town, the U.S. Men's National Team versus Belgium. Mm. And Chris Wondolowski misses a tap-in. Sitter. Tap-in. If only they would have played out the door, that game was back from injury. I mean, we honestly had no business in that game. Tim Howard probably played the best game you've ever seen a goalie play. Oh, yeah. any. But screw that and screw Lukaku and screw Belgium. Except for your man, De Bruyne. De Bruyne right? and company. Forget, yep. forget Aiden Hazard, and I'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sell the list. All right. Oh, Let's man. Dip and dive in. You want me yeah. to start with my five? Yeah, let's my do. Uh, let's do your number five, then my number five, then my number four, like a snake draft or something. Sure, How about that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And then I'll All jump right, so. in if we have any repeats. Um, right. So I was, you know, thinking about it, and you know what makes uh, a, a devastating loss? It's got to. It's got to have stakes. Um, and obviously, you'll you'll get on this, but. Um, your expectations have to weigh into it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also your opponent and then uh, your feelings immediately afterward. And then the long-term effect that it had on you. So I took into account those five factors and my first game, let me pull up the date here happened Uh on April 2nd, 2005. It was U of L university of Louisville men's basketball team versus Illinois uh, oh. Final Four, 2005. This was right around the time that I first really started to take a serious interest in sports. Mm-hmm. And this was also the first game I ever cried after. Damn. So just to lay a little bit of the groundwork, you know, we beat West Virginia the game before in just an all-time miraculous, gritty comeback. Sit down, um, pit snoggle. Yes, pit snoggle. Came John out of the D-line. pit. 
<laughs> and then uh, so we we march on. It was the first Final Four. I just remember that week feeling such elation and. You know, obviously, my dad and I, something that we share is a love of Louisville basketball. It's probably my one first true love. So um, that was my first real taste of disappointment um, Mm -hmm. pre-pubescent Benno. Um, I've got some stats for you. Okay. Uh, Francisco Garcia, star player, NBA great uh, with the Sacramento (laughs) Kings, went on to have a great career. has four points in this game. His last game uh, as a Louisville Cardinal. Um, and we only played seven guys, uh, lost to Luther Head, uh, former Rockets grade, and then Darren yeah. Williams. Uh, but uh, between Luther Head and Roger Powell, they uh, got 40 points and, and really just mopped the floor with us. But that was, that was my first taste of devastation. Um, and mm-hmm. then uh, my reaction to it, which I know you wanted me to get into, was I, oh. I did cry. Uh, yeah. 15-year-old Ben... Uh, went in the basement, sat in the dark, and cried uh, until my dad told me uh, that was enough and that I didn't need to be crying anymore yeah, about a basketball a, game. I'm sure they'd break your heart again in the future. <laughs> oh, no. Not, Not you about basketball. Never. Yeah. Now, what do you got What do you got for number five? Uh, I was going to say, for, for yours, um, interest to full disclosure, I have not always been a UofL fan. Uh, my, my dad is diehard. I was a UK fan in my youth. That's a whole other story. Shame on you, Bryson. But when, when my dad retired and we moved to Kentucky, he retired from the military uh, about 99. Where we lived, you know, I would see more U of L stuff than UK. So I slowly mm-hmm. began the transition before I decided to go to college at U of L. And then I gave all my stuff away to friends, any UK stuff. I'm not one of those people that would walk around campus in blue looking at you, David Cole, out there. Um, so at this, at this point, I'm sort of like becoming a U of L fan. And I just remember the elation of the game before the West Virginia, I still don't know how they won that game or like the Florida game in 2012, the yep. Elite Day game, how yep. they even got there. As I just remember West Virginia, just not missing the three. They're like mm-hmm. the golden state warriors out there and right. they won. But looking back, they had Illinois had Deron Williams. He said Luther had. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it D Brown? Is that the point? D Brown, yeah. Yeah, headband. The braids, so. yep. Yeah, yeah. But I was just happy they made it. But good yeah. job, Francisco. Rocket yeah. Legend, also. Thanks for showing <laughs> up. <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number five um, recent last year Western Conference Finals Game Seven oh, Houston Rockets no. versus the Golden State Warriors. So I'm sure many of you are familiar with it, but in Game Five, Chris Paul got hurt we ended up winning the game we being the rockets i'm acting like i'm on the team mm-hmm. game six was back in oakland the rockets missed like 20 some threes in a row like a team that lives on free throws or threes they just went over but i could live with that you know, chris paul was out but it was in oakland and we are playing a team with kevin durant steph curry clay thompson draymond green like basically the globe trotters in real life mm-hmm. so here we have game seven the Rockets are the number one seed. This is what they played hard for all year. This is just one game. You don't have to beat the super team more than one game. We have the guy that everyone knew was winning the MVP, James Harden, and the Cavs were waiting in the finals. I like LeBron, but there was no way that the Rockets were going to lose to them in the finals. It might have went six, but they would have beat them. We had a better mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. 
And the thing was, is it was it was back and forth for a while. It ended up being one hundred one ninety two. But the thing that really made me mad outside of losing is Kevin Durant. I cannot mm. stand him. Like, <laughs> yes, he's a great player. He might be the best player in the world. I think Kawhi Leonard is, but he might be the best player. Certainly in the, world. the most insecure. Yeah, but what he did leaving the year before, leaving Oklahoma City, blowing a three one lead, then joining the team that he lost to. And then mm. down the stretch, he had clutch shot after clutch. It's just not fair. I just remember like wanting to punch my TV. I don't even care about the NBA in the regular season. I'll get updates on my phone. I might watch the games on Christmas or the Sunday afternoon games when football's over. But whew. And then add to that fact, Draymond Green is the villain too. So you have mm. Draymond, who I think is a punk, and KD, who you says insecure, this little fake Twitter accounts. Just yep. down the stretch, just dagger. I felt like Julius Caesar, just mm. dagger after dagger after dagger into me. And the other thing that makes it worse is how polarizing James Harden is. He doesn't do anything insecure. I mean, he probably talks trash as much as anyone on the court. But people just have this irrational hate for him. And anytime the Rockets lose, it's an indictment on him. Oh, Harden sure. couldn't get it done. LeBron got swept by him the next round. He's supposed to be the, like, what can you do against the Warriors? And this year, of course, it happens again. Mm. So. Uh, uh, yeah, that's my only NBA thing on there, but it was. It was no, trash. that's a good one. I mean, it's a, yeah. I mean, you're basically just running against the the buzzsaw of history that is the Warriors dynasty. So, I mean, it's it's definitely frustrating considering the Rockets were designed to uh, beat that team and and they had home court, but you know sometimes uh, you just run into a better team and have to. Hold the L as this list will yeah. continue to unfold. If this list does one thing, it will teach anyone who's on the fence about liking sports not to. It's not worth it. No, They're all terrible. They only break your not. heart. I can't. I can't tell you how many times that I've uh, let my sports associations uh, affect my personal relationships in a negative way. Oh, it does. And that's just the definition of insanity to keep coming back and expecting <laughs> different definition. results, but. <laughs> Anyway, all uh, right, you ready for my uh, number four? Uh, do you want me to go, or do you want to go? Oh, yeah, four? you go. You go. Again. Okay. Yeah, sorry. All right, so here's uh, Mr. Bryson recency bias once again. So this one happened about a week ago. Bobby Schroeder huh. voice. So the Europa League final, for oh, those of you not in the know, that is soccer. And the Europa League final has a bunch of second-tier good teams. I guess it's the nicest mean way to put it it's not quite the equivalent of the nit a little bit better but it's not the ncaa tournament which would be the champions league but fate would have it that my favorite team arsenal would play their london rivals chelsea in the final now in the league earlier this year we played chelsea twice we lost to them three two early on in the second game of the year and then we beat them three nil at home and i would argue in both games we outplayed them and should have got points from both of them so that's why leading into this game, I was like, this is redemption. We had missed out on the top four. Our new manager, Unai Emery, had won the Europa League three times previously with a different team. He knows his competition. So like I said, it was just like redemption because we already choked. We dropped points to Wolves and Brighton and Crystal Palace in the league, which got us out of the top four. Um, it was in Baku, which is in Azerbaijan. Uh, one of our players, Henrik Mikatarian's Armenian, and apparently those two countries got some beef, so they couldn't guarantee his safety in the country, so he couldn't even play. Not that he's our star, but he definitely would have played, and we didn't have him. So I thought, oh, we have to win it for Mickey mentality, so we're going to go into this 
we're going to win this game and we're going to end on a high note. Right. So I had it all planned. I was going to leave work early. Uh, I do have a job that allows me to be flexible. And then <laughs> about a week before my boss asked me if I could do some enrollment, I'm an insurance agent that day. So I'd already put a damper on it, but I'm like, you know what? I have a laptop, I have an internet connection. I can multitask. So at this place I was at, I had my computer open, had a different tab on Bleacher Report Live that I've given my password that I've given to probably 78,000 people. In the first half, I was able to watch sure, most sure. of it. Uh, you Xhaka know, hit one off the crossbar. It was going well. And then I looked down for a second, actually working. Uh, my man Phil texts me. He's like, oh, no, we're down. So it was one nil, but no big deal. Plenty of time left. Sure. I go back to work, just glance and look up. It's three nil. Three nil. Second half, which is pretty much over unless something drastic happens. And about the time I get to watch a good chunk of it again, we, we get one back. It's 3-1. And almost immediately they score again, 4-1. So I'm at work already mad because I'm not really able to watch the game. Work's actually not going that well that day. And then the team I love in the uh, – I'll put it this way. I don't think any of you out there love anything. As much as I love Arsenal, that means your spouses, your Bold ducks, cars, your boats, whatever, your house, you don't. And I have a decal on my car. No one cares about soccer in the United States. At least that's what I say. Like situations like this where I'm hurt and I want to cry and I just like drove home and commiserated with my little brother. And it was so bad. I did not watch the Champions League final this uh, weekend. I'm so petty, bad. Petty, I wish both of them would have been discriminated yeah i'm a i'm a sore loser it's really bad but this one's well, still 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 fresh fresh one let me ask you a question then so like people have been talking um poorly about the europa league you know calling it the nit and everything like what would that have meant though uh to win that like what is that just so you know you have something to say to other fans or is it like just a marker of you know a good season okay. um yeah, like well, what were the it, stakes? So the Europa League essentially um, for Premier League teams or any other team is a way into the Champions League. It's a guaranteed spot. Okay. And a couple of the Arsenal podcasts I listened to, the question they posed over and over again is, would you rather finish fourth and have a secure Champions League spot or win the Europa League? It's always win the Europa. It's still a trophy. It's not the trophy of trophies, but the euphoria you get watching your team win a trophy is great. It, it could be one of those things like people say the FA Cup or League Cup. They only matter if you win. Sure. But when you win, you can't take that away. Like the excitement you have, the thing you get to see your team, your captain hoist that trophy up. It just sure. means a lot. And it was a year of transition. We just lost our manager of like 20 plus years. And he didn't go out the, in the best of terms or in the best of glory. So this would have been a shot at redemption. I think a lot of this is yet to be seen, but a lot of transfers might matter on it. Big marquee players don't want to play in the Europa League. They want to play in Champions League. If we would have won this game, you know, there's rumors that like Samuel Mtiti would have came from Barcelona. It's yet to be seen. It's still a whole summer ahead of us. Sure. I just felt like so much was riding on it. Our, our strikers who had carried us to the end of the year, they were cut off. Of course, mm -hmm. Mesut Ozil, who I cannot stand, I think is very overrated. And I would sell him from the club for a couch. Didn't show Damn. up. It just, yeah, yeah. He's your we'll, Francisco we'll Garcia. All mm -hmm. right, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, the, you know, I guess the, the long-term uh, ramifications of winning that game could have could have played out um, mm -hmm. a lot better, and, and that, those are the ones that um, are tough to swallow. Yes, they are. Um, 
I'll I'll go ahead and go on mine next, which is a good segue because uh, whether or not you will uh, critique this, mine is also <laughs> soccer. Oh, um, so it, my number four game uh, is actually a win. Um, it is the four three win against Tottenham at home oh, in the second oh. leg of the Champions yeah. League. Yeah, uh, which with the one zero result away at Tottenham. Um, after Sergio Aguero missed a penalty, was not enough to carry them through. And uh, uh, can you go ahead and explain the aggregate and away goal rule for people? Sure. That yeah. For anybody that is listening that uh, does not know and does care, um, so you play a two-game tie, uh, mm-hmm. which is just a, a two-game series, and um, the team with the most goals after those two games advances. Uh, in situations when uh, the uh, the score is tied, so they they've each scored four goals uh, in the game, uh, each four goals in a game, uh, the team that scores the most away goals uh, advances uh, for whatever arbitrary reason. They might as well choose uh, substitutes used or <laughs> yellow cards. Uh, but anyway, for whatever reason, that is how uh, Champions League works, and so. Going into this game, uh, the stakes, I guess, were not incredibly high because um, Manchester City was already, um, you know, winning the league. They still could have ended up losing, but they won the Premier League. Uh, shout out, Rob. And uh, <laughs> but this was this was uh, you know this team's effort to be one of the greatest soccer teams of all time. Uh, they had the opportunity to win four trophies, uh, the Champions League being the fourth uh, and only one that they did not win. Um, so, you know, really going to this game, it wasn't a lot of high stakes, but I did think that they were going to win. That was my expectation. Um, I thought there was just, if I had to imagine a way in which Tottenham advanced, it would look something like two shysty VAR calls, both going against City <laughs> and Young min Son playing the game of his life. Uh, but, I mean, this was just one of the most incredible games I'd, I had ever had the privilege to watch. Uh, the game was tied 2-2, 10 minutes in. Um, two Sun worldies um, off of two Emmerich Laporte terrible giveaways. Um, so even at that point, um, being down two one uh, early, I, there was never a doubt in my mind, you know, that uh, City wouldn't go on and score four goals, uh, which is what they needed. Um, you know, there was a Lorente handball uh, that that took the um, the game to four three, and uh, I'm I'm not even to the most devastating part of the game yet. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> um, so you know it's it's four three. So that would mean that the tie is four four uh, with Tottenham advancing on away goals. You know, time's dwindling down. It gets to the 90th minute. There's five or six minutes to stoppage time, and it's like, man, this might just not come. But I didn't ever really believe that. And then so uh, Christian Eriksen gives the ball away to Bernardo, who finds uh, Sergio Aguero coming back from what I perceived to be an onside position. And he finds Raheem Sterling, and he uh, slots it away past Lloris. Uh, and, you know, as score stands, 5-3 City advance, 5-4 uh, mm-hmm. on a goal differential. So... Uh, 
I watched this game with your friend Philip, my friend also, <laughs> my friend. Arsenal fan. And uh, when Raheem Sterling scored that goal, I swear I jumped up and down like uh, I had just hit the lottery. We were, uh, we had been day drinking, uh, and Goals. it was just pure, pure elation. And then uh, it, that lasted about 30 seconds. Uh, and then um, visual assistant referee VAR uh, comes in and reviews it. And Sergio Aguero is uh, just a whisker offside. Uh, so the goal does not stand and the game ends and Tottenham advances and City, despite winning, lose, which is just one of the strangest feelings ever. Um, it was like, you know... I can't remember another time, which is why this made my list. I can't remember another time that I was ever so high and then immediately brought back down. Um, I'll give you a, a couple stats here. So like I said, 2-2 after 10 minutes. Tottenham only had three shots on target. One of them, like I said, a, sh- a shoddy handball off Lorente, but I'll just go ahead and die on that hill. City had eight dominated possession as usual. Um, so how I coped with this one, I, you know, Meg was out of town, so I was just super bummed, really needed somebody to distract me, got, uh, super drunk, called her, uh, and she was at a work meeting, so, uh, <laughs> no answer, and then I went out and played chess with one of my friends, uh, and I lost, like, five games in a row, Damn. and, uh, I could not sleep that night, so, that's, yeah. that's what I do to myself, um. I don't know. Yeah, that was that was a tough one to swallow. Yeah. Told y'all Ben goes a hundred percent on everything, but I know after they lost, I was one of the trolls. Like, oh, Pep Guardiola is a fraud, but I I hate Tottenham. Obviously, I'm an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Tottenham's their biggest rival. Just like also the Liverpool match that week, where Barcelona all they had to do was score once. They have supposedly the best player of all time, and Messi couldn't do it. Just the worst in. Tottenham's not better than Man City. They no. well, they played they played in the league what that weekend? Uh yeah, yeah. Like uh fifty four hours after that, I think. So so in the span of like seven or eight days, Man City has played them three times, is clearly the superior team and mm-hmm. because of a gimmicky rule and two gimmicky calls, which I've seen VAR award similar things as a goal before. Like I, it all in all, I I agree with VAR. It's good. Why not have yeah. technology? Sure. But they, I've seen that goal out before. You know, sure, sure. And I, I couldn't imagine that. Literally having euphoria of solidifying yourself as maybe the greatest team of all time just pulled out from under you. Sure. Like you said, a few seconds after going to the final, there's no guarantee they would have beat Liverpool there, but they would have had a chance at history. For sure. And yeah, they did well, everything the- else. The Lorente handball was the one that was tough to swallow because they were showing one replay on the TV and it clearly you could see his arm jiggle and then it mm-hmm. come down to his hip. And then the, you also saw the TV screen that the ref was seeing and he never saw that angle. So the goal stood and I was supremely confident it would get overturned. But, you know, it's tough to, to complain about a devastating loss um, when, you know, your team goes on to win three trophies. But it is it was just that that period of being so high and thinking that you had won and that you had advanced in the most dramatic way possible and mm-hmm. then to like have that taken back from you kind of like something else that'll come up on our list but yeah. uh moving it's right along lit. yeah so my number 3 is we continue to get more and more depressed i probably should have mm-hmm. got a beer or 
actually something stronger than a beer for this. But number three was the 2006 Governor's Cup football game, UK versus U of L, 41-38 UK. Now, this same season was a magnificent season. We had the euphoria of absolutely obliterating Florida State. I don't think there's enough verbs to describe what we did to them. It was like 60, was it 65 to 62 to 14, something. We killed them. Mm. We, uh, We had the ultimate moral victory against Clemson. And even though just a week or two earlier we had lost to Houston on Thursday night, which effectively ended any chance of UofL making the playoff, I thought, you know what? We're going to take this out on UK. We have Lamar Jackson, who was obviously going to win the Heisman at this point. He was so far ahead, once in a more than a generation kind of player. It was at home. And our defense made Steven Johnson, UK's bum quarterback, look like the Sean Watson out there. Our defense unraveled, and despite how bad they were, we still had a chance to win the game, and Lamar Jackson fumbles. UK still or had to go. We? <laughs> you can talk about VAR decisions. Yeah, right. It looked like his wrist was down to me. Of course, I'm biased. Same. For sure. But even with him fumbling, uh, you know, all we had to do was kick a field goal to win. They still had to go down the field. They did kick the field goal and won. Losing to your rivals always terrible, especially when you know you're the superior team. Like we lost to them this year in football. We were, well, we knew we were going to lose, so it was fine. I remember watching at our friend's house and playing Guitar Hero at halftime because it's already out of hand. But we're, we're better than them. There's no no doubt about it. And the worst thing about anything UK is their fans. Sorry for you, UK. There are some good ones out there, especially their football fans. They don't, they're not big in number. So anytime they win a football game against us, we do not stop here. And I think of my Uncle John. He doesn't know anything about football, but he loves UK basketball. As soon as Lamar Jackson fumbled, he did not stop, did not stop, which makes me really hate him more. It's unfair. So if we won this football game, our euphoria would never be as big it's them winning because they don't care and they just act like the world. It doesn't affect them as much. Like me losing this game, I wanted to hide. I mm. might have it and I turn off my phone, but if they lost this game, oh well. Even if they were in the uh, inverse position where they were ranked number 11 in the country at the time, they would have been like, oh, well, you know, we're still overachieving because our football program's been mediocre till recently. And it's just the weight of that. You always hear the cliche around here about people being UK basketball fans and Alabama football fans. It actually does exist. That's why you always hear them click the cling to the SEC chant. I don't. I, I want the ACC to be generally successful, but you didn't see me cheering for Virginia in the national championship this year. I was yeah, elated no. when they lost to a 16 seed a couple of years ago. Like collectively, yeah, I want our conference. Oh, it's just. It's not even just the game. It's just the fans that. Mm. Ugh. Because the year before, Lamar had come in for a sub for Kyle Bolin and absolutely destroyed him. Mm-hmm. And then the year after this game in Lexington, he absolutely destroyed him. Some mm-hmm. people were – their players became unraveled, throwing trash cans and trying to fight him. And it's just like, ugh. Ugh. Yeah. No, so, that that was one of the most confusing and confounding losses. Yeah, I never, you know, there were. This was at the time that there were few constants in life, and one of them was <laughs> U of L smacking UK in football around. Um, yeah, that was that was a tough one to swallow. Again, you know, anytime a questionable review plays into your team losing, you you cling to that. I'm sure you don't remember all the calls that you do yeah. get, but yeah. those are the ones that definitely keep you up at night. Yep. 
Did right. do you want me to do my number three? Yeah, number three. Okay, my you know I guess I'm just following your lead. Mine uh, is also a U of L football game, October first, twenty sixteen. You even alluded to this game, forty two thirty six loss to Clemson. Um, And this one makes my list uh, really for one reason, uh, and I would call it the James Quick game. Oh, Um, one of the James Quick games. So get me started. Oh, boy. So my expectation expectation going in is, you know, no way we win, but, you know, we might have a puncher's chance. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it is a way uh, Clemson historically tough place to play. And like you said, we had the Heisman winner on our team, Lamar Jackson. I'll give you a stat, 457 total yards, three touchdowns. This was at the point where a lot of his critics, uh, after putting up big numbers against terrible teams, were like, well, let's see him do it against um, you know, a better team like Clemson, which he did. Um, Jair Alexander, two interceptions, uh, and vital interceptions. Um, so yeah. we had, you know, they, they were in control the first half. Uh, Louisville just kept chipping away in the second half. And like I said, um, with those turnovers, they really helped. Um, but it was 42-36 late, and we were driving. Um, and, and James Quick has the opportunity. Uh, Trinity grade, uh, classic freight of contact school. Um, <laughs> instead of cutting in to either get the first down or potentially get a touchdown, steps out of bounds on fourth down, a yard short of the first down, turning the ball over on downs, ending the game. Um, And that was just so tough to swallow because, like I said, my expectations were low going in, but what I saw during the game, you know, led me to believe that we could pull off beating this incredibly great football team at home and maybe, maybe make the college football playoff. Uh, and as you said, the season crumbled after that, losing to UK on the last day again. But that was the day that I swore I would never get my hopes up about U of L football and uh, cursed James Quick's name. But I've forgiven him since. Um, oh, but that was my immediate reaction in the moment um, to that game. So, yeah, that that game. You know, everyone says, "Well, we don't believe in moral victories." We don't. But that game was a moral victory, all in all. It's one of like when U of L lost to Miami in two thousand four or five. We lost. Carrie Rhodes, yep. Yeah, but that game, like, we didn't drop in the rankings because no one expected anything of us. That game, he out Lamar Jackson outplayed Deshaun Watson straight up in that game. For and, sure. Uh, it was shaky at the first half because they were dominating. Then I what's his name Peter not Peter Bullware something Bullware he choked Lamar Jackson in this pile like a scrum. Yeah. He choked him. Put him in like a Carafuda clutch for my wrestling fans out there. And then that like sparked something. The whole second half was just Lamar being the Lamar Jackson we know and love. And then James Quick, who was it one or two years earlier, the first time we played Clemson, um, had a chance to win the game too and didn't run in a straight line and got caught. It's when uh, Will Gardner was the quarterback. So mm. James Quick has a history of doing this against Clemson. That mm. was also that was also at Clemson. So it was two years previous. So, yeah, that that game was tough. The only thing that made it better is I usually don't get drunk during my team's games, mm. and for whatever reason, I was knocking back the Angry Orchards. <laughs> I, I don't really drink regular beer. I drink cider because I like the taste. We flex. Yeah, that helped me deal with it. And also, I was like. 
remember this is also a terrible thing. Instead of like being all into my team, I was texting this girl I was talking to at the time. It sort of made it better. I'm not going to get into the content of what we were texting, but it sort of made it not so hard because she didn't know anything about sports. So, yeah, it, maybe it would have been better if I had someone to commiserate with me, but it wasn't so bad. And I, I was proud of my team. Like I said, I don't believe in moral victories, but that was the best moral victory of all time. You know, it's funny that you say that, that, you know, it was fine because you're texting a girl. That's like definitely a coping mechanism that is like a theme that has ran through all these losses. It's just like when your team loses, like you just want to like put on an episode of some TV show that has nothing to do with sports. You want to talk to somebody that doesn't care at all about sports. It's like you just need a distraction because if you just sit there and stew in it, it'll drive you crazy. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And we'll get to TV shows after sports losses in a sec. Okay. That was your number. What's your number three? Do you want to go do your number two? Sure. Yeah, I would be surprised if this one is not on your list. But mine oh, yeah. is the March twenty eighth, twenty fourteen, oh, no. UL UK basketball <laughs> game in the NCAA tournament. Is that on your list? It might be. It might not be. We will see, Ben. Okay, that's fine. Well, let me just. Uh, give you my uh well obviously the stakes you know you're talking about uk um it is incredibly unbearable to live in this state um and be on the losing side of the louisville kentucky uh rivalry it's like if you're winning you know you you peacock your chest out you're like walking tall you're you're finding every t-shirt that you have to wear out to the <laughs> store uh and then just smirking at the other other team the loser um with just a huge grin and this was after our 2013 national championship so you know we were pretty optimistic and obviously anytime you play uk but especially in the tournament um Mm -hmm. stakes could not be higher um let me give you a few stats uh obviously uh we blew a late lead uh, and lost 74 69 Uh, we were up seven with four and a half minutes left and then we didn't score for three minutes uh, and they're just chipping away. Had a bunch of young freshmen. I believe Aaron Harrison was the the main oh, culprit. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely sliced us up. Um, and it was just like watching, you know, somebody slowly take away all your possessions and then leaves you in like an empty bedroom. And then you're just sitting there uh, with the mm-hmm. light off. That's uh, nothing. Nothing like watching your team blow a late lead. Uh, which I'll get to later with my number one as well. But um, this one was especially, especially tough because I was absolutely uh, plastered and I had to work the next day at the Seelbach. So, um, and I worked uh, with a UK fan who uh, just could not stop smiling. And I really uh, wanted to just either crawl out of my skin or kick him in the nuts. Um, But that was how I reacted. Uh, you know, it's it's stupid to let uh, something so non-influential uh, in your life. Like, it, it doesn't affect me personally. Uh, and I, you know, I still had a place to sleep at night and I still had food to eat. Um, but it's just sometimes that uh, that's all you care about is stupid sports. So that was my number two. Uh, I'm not going to elaborate on my thoughts on that one because it might be on my list okay. at some point. 
in the final two. But speaking of number two, this was from January 11th, 2015. Yes, caught it. That's called it. I, I will oh, say it to man. Actually, NFL already confirmed it three years later if the rules changed. Dennis did catch it. it the uh, divisional playoffs, AFC, Dallas Cowboys 21, the Green Bay Packers 26. And before I get to the worst moment and the most, you want to talk about being robbed by a replay mm. before I get to that. So <laughs> let me preface this. So Tony Romo, everyone hates and likes to buy you know, jump on him as a player. Everyone likes him as a commentator, but he is probably my favorite football player of all time. Uh, maybe because his humble beginnings, you know, he was D2, he was undrafted. I remember like playing Madden back in the day. I would always cut him because he was like a 62. I had no, clue, no oh. idea who he was. But his way up, and he became the star quarterback of America's team. And everyone always got on him because he didn't win a playoff game. He had the fumble against the Seahawks, which easily could have made this list if I hadn't limited myself. Um, the week before, they won a playoff game. They beat the Lions. Yes, there was some controversy, but they beat the Lions. And we're going to Lambeau. And you already know the history. No one lends at Lambeau Field except for Michael Vick that one time. It's tough. Mm. You're playing Aaron Rodgers, who a lot of people will say is the most talented quarterback in the NFL, who, who I hate also. Um, it doesn't help our friends that are Packers fans. So that instead of turning on my friends' teams, I take the opposite, as I mentioned earlier. Like, if you're a Packers fan, you know, you're my close friend, I'm a cheer against them. My sure. best friend, Drew, is a Saints fan. I'll never give him any credit, because he likes them. Even though I have nothing against Drew Brees, and now Teddy Bridgewater's on the team and all that jazz. Going into the game, like I said, we had won a playoff game. We had the undisputed best offensive line in the NFL at that point, before the entries of Buffalo, Tyron Smith now, and Travis Frederick. We had DeMarco Murray, who was the lead rusher in the NFL. We had Desmond Prom. We had healthy Tony Romo. We needed all hands on deck against the Packers. So we were actually we actually had a lead going into the fourth quarter, 21-20, which isn't much, but still a lead in Lambeau. A play everyone forgets earlier on. There was a DeMarco Murray run where he cut back and was going to trap up the middle, and there was a hole. It's like, Day, if Lewis would have got through, he would have went 60 yards for a touchdown. And old man Julius Peppers reaches out with his mitt, strips the phones it. That at the point in the game would have been a dagger. But so we go to the fourth quarter. Um, the Cowboys are, are are down at this point. It's fourth and short. And it might have weighed on Jason Garrett, who sucks anyway as a coach, but might have weighed on Jason Garrett's mind not to run it. It's fourth and short. They go for it. Tony Romo throws a beautiful pass down the sideline to Des Bryant. He catches it, falls, the ball goes out of bounds. All right, so we're thinking first and goal. We'll milk the clock as much as we can to make it hard for Aaron Rodgers. I'm in my parents' basement at the time. My little brother, he's a Cowboys fan. This is two days before his birthday, man. <laughs> and we're celebrating. And then I could hear my dad from upstairs, who's probably where I get the hate from. He's a Steelers fan. He hates the Cowboys. Oh, uh, he didn't freaking catch that ball. Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. Ref doesn't come out there and say incomplete. He never had control. That was it. All Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers had to do was again. You mentioned the, the VAR thing, like mm-hmm. the elation. Finally, like I mentioned with James Harden, Tony Romo just has this stigma that he's a choker. No one knows any of the good stats he does. He had several fourth quarter backs in the regular season. Everyone just ignored. But being the Cowboys is polarizing. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers did this guy can't this arrogant jerk. That's how he I perceive him. 
<laughs> and the Cowboys. And then, you know, I like first take at the time and hearing Stephen A. Smith and everyone has something to say when the Cowboys lose like that. And you go on Facebook, you go on Twitter, social media, make everything worse too when you lose. So it's just, I can't even describe it. I, I think I might have just went to bed or tried to go to bed. Mm. I definitely couldn't sleep. And it was like six in the afternoon. This was a day game. And still, to this day, the fact that the NFL, three years later, they clarified the rules. So anyone with eyes could say that's a catcher because of some stupid rule. It wasn't. And I haven't been the Cowboys winning anything in my adulthood. I became a fan when I was little in one of the Super Bowls. But only I can really remember is the 95 one against the Steelers. But you don't feel that kind of elation as a kid. You're just like, yeah, we won. Invest so much time and effort every week, and then just to have the NFL take it away, just I'm strangle someone. Why? Why does VAR replay or whatever? Why does that play such a big part? Like, I guess it just you feel like you know it's taking it out of the team's hands. Like you, yeah. you feel that you know the players they did enough to win, but like because of some you know trivial or, or flippant rule, it's like. You know that just makes it so much more heartbreaking, I guess, because it's not you're not you're not leaving it in their hands. Yeah, it's but the same. Like I said, video replay, it's good. I mean, we have the technology. Why not use it? I don't think it really messes with football much. I mean, it's America's favorite sport. It could take six hours someone to watch a game. It's not like baseball. Well, look at the uh, the uh, the pass interference against the Saints to go to the uh, Super Bowl too. Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, surely, on every Saints fan, that would make their top five. And it's I don't know. I guess those are the ones that cling to you. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah, I still think about it, and then people can trigger me. It's like, oh, Des didn't catch it. Like years later, I don't even like Des Bryant anymore. The way it ended Dallas, he was a prima donna, and I'm glad he left the team, but. That, Man, that would have rewrote history. That that's how you history. know it's that's how you know it's a devastating loss. Is that it? It sours a, a player's your image of you know one of your players. So there's uh, some altered alternate timeline out there where he did catch it, and I need to find a way to get to the alternate timeline, like Avengers or something. So. Yeah, Spider Verse. <laughs> Spider Verse. There we go. I guess. Okay. Want me to do, do my number one before you yeah, do yours? Please. I, I, I yeah, please. I definitely am dying for your takes on what I perceive okay. it to be. Okay. Number one, just like Ben, 2004, NCAA Sweet 16, UofL 69, UK 74. So I don't remember if you were there, um, but I watched it with Philip in the old goat house and Drew. And typically before we played UK in basketball, it, like so nervous or worked up, I actually will physically shake. Uh-huh. This game I didn't like. I had a quiet. I wasn't boasting. I didn't have a lot of bravado, but a quiet confidence. Yes, earlier that season they beat us at home, but I attribute that to being in corrupt arena. You know, UK had players like Julius Randle, who is a good pro. Um, they had Willie Colley Stein. I think only played like two minutes in this game. Uh, they had James Young, who was a first round pick, but uh, he was trash when Luke Hancock took him off the dribble and dunked on him on this game. Mm-hmm. And then they had the twins. They were terrible. All they did was bowl over people. It's because there were six, five point guards. But lo and behold, they hit all these clutch shots. There was a moment in the first half where we could have taken a commit. I don't remember how many was by, but Mango, Mango fame, Mango Mathiang mm-hmm. had like a layup and missed it. And even though we were ahead at halftime, it just felt like, oh man, that was our chance that early in the game. 
and more context. Um, this is our season of purgatory. We're in the American Athletic Conference playing mm-hmm. Cincinnati and SMU and destroying mm-hmm. them. UK finished second in the SEC that year, but they were not ranked going into the tournament. They weren't that good. They're underachieving. Some people, I remember when the brackets came out, oh, they're underseeded. They hadn't beat anybody that year. They beat Providence, who won the Big East tournament, and they beat UofL, obviously, won the AAC. That's just off a of recall. They hadn't really beat anybody. They weren't ranked. We were ranked at the time going in. We were a hot team. It was in Indianapolis. Defending so, champions, uh, too. Defending champion. Look at who we, we had. Luke Hancock, most outstanding player of the 2013 um, mm-hmm. National Championship Final Four. Montrez Harrell, who is still a beast in the NBA. We had mm-hmm. a young Terry Rozier, who's about yeah. to get paid. And like I said, they had Julius Randle. Will Russ Smith. Russ too. Smith, yeah. Ridiculous. One of the best players in UofL history. Best scorers, for sure. Mm-hmm. And as you said, we went cold. Our calling card, Rick Patino, was defense. We're the team that went cold down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Just one more bucket here or there going to change momentum. I remember after that game, turning my phone off, not just like like literally turning off the power button, going home and just needing a distraction. I started watching Breaking Bad finally after years. <laughs> what a great show. So that's when I started binge watching. So in a weird way, thank you for introducing me to Walter White UofL, but I was so mad. I thought about calling in to work that Monday. Mm. A friend had actually offered me a chance to go to that one. I was like, no, nah, man, if, if, if they make the uh, Elite Eight, I'll go to that. It's just I can't describe how mad I was. I don't think I cried, but the fact that like I was literally – unable to sleep so i started binge watching the show and i finished about a week because i must have watched this game was on a friday night i must have watched 30 to 40 episodes that weekend Jeez, just all in on crystal meth or the walter whites that just yeah just, dude. I, it's just devastating the team team you love the most and put so much in can can and against your rival too thank god they didn't win the national championship that year that would have been oh a, man what were they eight or nine seat like uh, they were an eight or nine yeah we were a one seed. Yeah, we were a one seed. Uh, I thought we were yeah, four. I think Wichita, we were. Wichita yeah. State. Yeah, Wichita State they were was the who they beat. Seed, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. That's right. Because we Sorry. thought we would. We, the tournament knew what they were doing. They wanted this, and they got what right. they wanted. And the hillbillies were out. And yeah, I hated my life. 2000, 2014. You remembered you, a lot more technical aspects about that game, and like I don't. I really, like I said, all I remember is being up late and, and blowing it. And, um, you know, I feel like these lists probably say something about us, like what with the coping mechanisms <laughs> and you uh, not being able to give your teams any credit. And, yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, I, I just wish I had a girl to text in 2014. Maybe I did, and I'm forgetting. Yeah, I'm maybe. Sorry, but, uh, yeah, go ahead yeah. with your number one, man. That's a sorry. good one. All right. No, yeah. So um, this one, it, it it came to me late, uh, but um, it happened on March 1st of 2018. Oh, and it no. was... University of Louisville basketball, again, surprise, uh, losing to the University of Virginia Cavaliers on a last-second banked-in three, 67-66. Now, let me give you a little bit of context. We lost the appeal uh, for the NCAA taking away our national championship banner from 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh Nine days prior, on February 20th of 2018. 
So that I, I thought about just putting losing the title as uh, the most devastating sport loss, but I think it, it yeah. just ties it in so well with this game. Um, because typically being a Louisville basketball fan, uh, however, um, you know, maligned we've been, uh, with terrible luck in recent years, mm-hmm. we always have great, uh, home fans. Um, and there are some games where you just look and say, I see us winning this game. You know, uh, we lo- won the last game against, uh, number one team Syracuse at Freedom Hall. It was the last game ever in Freedom Hall. And we just absolutely ran away and mopped the floor with them. And, and there was never really, um, you know, going into that, I, n- I never really saw us losing that game. So similar situation, uh, you know, we had just lost the banner for good. Uh, oh, number that. one team comes into our home arena. Mm-hmm. There's just a buzz in the air. Um, Drew Carter, you boy, shouts out, had uh, courtside seats uh, for me and him, front row. We were just right on the court. Atmosphere was electric. Um, and, you know, coming down the stretch, it, it just seemed like, you know, the game was mathematically over uh, within the final minutes. Uh, so much so, you know, we were up probably eight or nine, and uh, we just kept giving up, like, these threes. And I was like, oh, well, that was meaningless. You know, there's no mm-hmm. way that they're going to come back from this. Uh, and that happened two or three times uh, until the point where, you know, we fouled on a three. Of course, he makes all three. Uh, I believe we were up four at that moment. Um, mm-hmm. There was 1.6 seconds left. Um, and ESPN, I looked this up today, gave us a 98.6% chance to win. Uh, with one second left, up one with the ball. Uh, and then, of course, Dingadell um, moves uh, on the inbound, uh-huh. uh, even though it was not after a made uh, field goal. So uh-huh. he turns over the ball. Uh, R.J. Barrett, I think, or R.J. No, no, DeAndre RJ. Hunter. DeAndre yes, Hunter. DeAndre Hunter. Excuse me. Uh, he banks in a three, uh, and we lose at the buzzer. And I, I told people this afterwards. It was like the air had literally been sucked out of the building. Like you looked around, and there were probably a couple hundred people cheering, a team included, but you uh-huh. could hear every single one of them cheering. It was so quiet in there. It was like we were absolutely desperate for this great win, you know, and it would have gotten us into the NCAA tournament, you know, yes. it would have given the city something to, to feel happy about again. So after, or so soon after um, this terrible <laughs> misfortune of losing a banner mm-hmm. uh, and we all just wanted it so bad. And it was just uh, blown at the last second. It was like everybody's dads had collectively died <laughs> in the audience. Uh, <laughs> And so after, um, you know, you still got to get out of the stadium. So everybody just kind of trudged out and, and drearily moved out of the stadium. And then I immediately uh, said to myself, I don't think I will ever pay witness to something so disappointing again. And I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that is my number one. Uh, it's in conjunction with us losing the, uh, the biggest championship or the biggest achievement, uh, sports wise in my lifetime that I've, I've been a part of. So, uh, that's my list here to, uh, more on that game. I, I, I know what you said, like sometimes you just know you're going to win even mm-hmm. some probables. And we are terrible against Virginia. We're we, mango Matthewing miracle shot or, or going over against them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
everyone got on Padgett or David Padgett. Sorry, you know, his interim coach. So anytime he lost, I always stuck up for him. Like, like he didn't he didn't ask to be in this position. And the first time we played him, it looked like he had something. He had something figured out pretty well at Virginia. So I thought, you know what, we're going to be ready. This is how we get back in the tournament. I didn't think we were going to win, but a chance to do something and pay off all the terribleness we had been through. And just watching Darius Perry foul that first three-point shooter when he didn't have to. Mm. Over-aggressive Jerry Smith, Russ Smith defense. Mm -hmm. And then Dinga Dell, the ref says you can't move, and he moves anyway. Yeah, he's, he's he's gone down in he, infamy. And he, he points down to the ground, as in you know, to say like plant your feet. Like he even helps him to to do that, and he still travels anyway. Mm-hmm. When that three went in, I didn't say anything. I was watching it with my little brother. I looked at Brian, shook my head. He got up and just left and went to sleep. And I just turned the TV <laughs> off and just sort of. Usually I like to listen to the post-game shows when we lose, so I know there's people out there commiserating with me. I couldn't do it. Oh, man, then, you're you're a psycho. I, yeah. I can't believe you listen to that. Something improbable is that you know it's going to be the talk of town. On like It's not just going to be here or here from UK fans. It's <sighs> a national story. It couldn't turn on ES, couldn't turn on first take, around the horn, anything. And I just remember going to work, not even – saying it good morning to nice people just so mad it's in my veins not as mad as that uk uh, uk game but that game just like i'm not a religious person but if there's any kind of god up there they hate louisville <laughs> that, that was and then <laughs> the duke game the duke game this year um the fact that a team like north carolina who's perpetually cheated for decades doesn't ever get in trouble just their football mm. team and and what's like their women's basketball team got in trouble now, but their men's basketball team. And why does this happen to us? Why does this always happen to us? Always. Like, yeah. Uh. If you want, if you wanted to point at one moment in Louisville basketball history that it it was <laughs> readily apparent that uh, we had been forsaken by whatever uh, sports deity, uh, that I would say March first, twenty eighteen. You could write that down. That was the <laughs> moment that. We all knew that uh, whatever basketball got up there uh, <laughs> did not care about us any longer. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it's kind of impressive. Like ninety-eight point six percent to like, and then still lose in regulation. Yes, uh, regulation. With the ball. It was uh, that was just wild. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know why we do this to ourselves uh, because I feel like. Let me ask you this. Would you say the moments of winning outweigh all the uh, the moments that we just went through of losing, like the the heartbreak and the the sadistic self uh, loathing that you feel? Um, would you say you feel that equally when your team wins? Now uh, that's an interesting question, and I hate to be on the fence about this, but it matters. So I always say this is like fantasy football. Like the euphoria of winning a fantasy football league doesn't outweigh how much time you spend in every week to lose or mm-hmm. not make any money on it. But with sports, many of you know I'm a wrestling fan. I like a good a good story, a payoff. So if all mm-hmm. this is happening, you know the triumph, the title taken away, traumatic loses and losses, loses losses, losses, and then maybe the next two or three years, uh, Chris Mack, who I'm still kind of iffy on comes in and wins a title that's a good ending to the story now if we don't win anything for like the next 20 years 
then no, this is terrible. It's gonna, it's not going to outweigh it. As long as there's right. a chance to re- the Cowboys, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. We're going to be stuck with Dak Prescott. He's not good. It, it's just not worth it. Louisville, mm. they have a chance. We have a good class coming in. We have some key players coming back these next couple years. So there's a chance of redemption. But typically, sports is more than just winning. It's like sharing with your friends. You know, going. I don't like, tell, sure. like tailgating. Um, having someone to talk, it just puts everyone in a better mood. Like the whole city was buzzing when we were in the uh, national championship, just like going out, strangers high fiving them, seeing someone else in red, you know, nuts, sure. whatever. It's just a, a good feeling for not just yourself, but everyone around you. But yeah, it's kind of kind of good for the losses too, because you have people to commiserate, commiserate with, with you, yeah, cry with, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, you know, I I would like to not take it so intensely and so personally, uh, but it's hard not to when you invest so much time uh, in something like that. But um, you know, I to your point, I was going to say. Um, you know, winning it typically does make it worth it. All the all the losses, because uh, you know, when you do finally get a championship, I would say that they can never take that away from you. But nope. uh, as we saw, the 2013 championship uh, it just made me uh, a much hardened person. You know, I uh, I, I feel like um, you know, it just changed my worldview. Uh, I feel for, like I'm for wearing the. I feel like I'm wearing the scarlet letter on me because I was a fan of a team that got a title taken away. Yeah. Like whenever I go out of state. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. There's definitely that moral burden that you have to bear, but that's why we love it. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sure um, there's some, like I said, that just missed the list. Like another one that comes to mind is 2014 again, UCF and UFL football. Uh, um, yeah. Blake Bort, Storm Johnson. Mm. trash um but if you want to email us some of your devastating sports losses and we'll read them on the next podcast if there is one so my Ooh. email my email is the beach 88 that's t-h-a-b-e-a-c-h 88 at gmail.com i'll probably typically be the host so i'll just take them and give them to somebody else if not and i just let us know what you think or if you have any topics you'd like to hear me or Benno or Rob discuss. Uh, I won't mention the others because uh, they seem like they're all talk wanting to be on it, but they haven't been mm-hmm. on it. So I'm calling you out, Philip, Drew, and Zach. I'm calling you out. What's uh, what's what's your next topic for your um, next podcast? No, um, movie movie reviews are pretty easy. And this summer, you know, there's Lion King, Toy Story four. I'm going to see X-Men Friday. I'm pretty excited, even though the Rotten Tomatoes score looks kind of crappy. Okay. Secret, Secret Life of Pets 2. I saw Godzilla. I saw Aladdin. Got to see Rocket Man. Movies are always topical. Um, I don't Those know are what, all remakes or sequels. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know enough about women's soccer in general to comment on the Women's World Cup, but go USA. Yeah. Um, but, you know, stuff will come up, like lists, top five movies um you know the generic stuff you know if you're stranded on a desert island what would you watch or i'm sure draft a team sports league just if you're out there email us or choose a note text us you have our numbers and maybe we'll get you on the podcast let's go equal opportunity podcast anything you want to it's pretty good. Anything you want to discuss? You're passionate no, about some dude. stuff. You're the idea, man. I uh, <laughs> right. I just uh, 
I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed this topic treading over uh, the old ground. I I, <laughs> I hope it doesn't sound too complaining because obviously nobody likes to <laughs> hear people complain about their own sports losses. But yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, till next time. This is the pretty good podcast brought to you by CrabbyCurious.com. Thanks. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain. Possession of the football. I tried to reach over the goal line. Why is that not a catch? I tried to reach over the goal line. This is the end of a remarkable Dallas Cowboys season. And yet all there is to feel is disappointment.